Alrighty. Undeniably good. The best. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? Let's do one thing straight. You the cold And so it's it's not any language that you've ever heard before. It's actually just gibberish. The name of the song is Prison Colonization That's genius. Dude, look at this fucking video. As it was playing, I was like, what is he saying? I like this. <laughs> While we are on um, genius shit, can can we explain uh, what's what's going on with this new Bavarian music that we've been passing around? It's uh, I don't know. It's it's <coughs> where did, where did, it's something. <laughs> where did that come from? Which does that come from you? No, James heard it on a no. Uh, so is this the one I sent out? Yeah. Oh, you said that, yeah. Yeah, it's actually. I ended up listening to it for quite a while. Story. I was like driving around doing errands. I was like, I'm kind of starting to really. This is growing on me. Yeah, I don't know what kind of music that is specifically, but it might be the new thing that the West has always needed but didn't know about. Um, <laughs> uh, I definitely needed it. The story is: uh, I'm watching a YouTube video that is an analysis of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov, yeah, that guy. Um, it's an analysis of his uh, takedowns or his wrestling system mm-hmm. inside the UFC and throughout his career. And it's a lot of videos I watch are, are coming out of Australia for whatever reason. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's this Aussie guy doing the breakdown. 
And this is playing in the background as the music during this wrestling analysis of this famous fighter. And two minutes into this video, I'm dying laughing because of this <laughs> noise coming out of the background. And so I went on a search to try to find that. We'll, get to, the, you, we'll get to the wrestling later. <laughs> Who's this music by? I'm curious how you found it because when the link that you sent us uh, that's on Spotify is not in English and it's not even in a Western language. Like the... You couldn't type this into a search engine. Yeah. The characters don't exist on your keyboard. It's like slight hipster house, slight like big band with a little bit of like Eastern block yodeling yeah. here and there. Uh, what what really got me was the slide whistle, the the like <laughs> this, the what I thought were like children in the background saying yay periodically. Uh, I thought that was hilarious, and then I started to catch the squeaks. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, catching the squeaks is uh, <laughs> nothing to shake your fist at. I use the uh, Shazam app pretty successfully. So you get get the audio coming out of one device, and you get the Shazam on another device, and uh, it did not let me down. It's Kevin showed this to me yesterday, and I was like, it's pretty interesting. It's quirky. And then I just, because I'm lazy, I get in my truck, and it just turns back on because that was the last thing I was listening to. And then I'm four songs deep going like... This isn't bad. <laughs> I'm really starting to dig this. <laughs> yeah, I've had great reviews, just sort of uh, non-solicited shooting this out to people. Everybody's saying, yeah, that that hits really hard. Yeah. Uh, mostly the squeaks. <laughs> yep. All right. Got a uh, message from a listener. This is from Tom. Hey, I'm trying to get more people on board with the show. It's hilarious, and some of my socialist friends are finally starting to wise up a bit to the word to the world. I've started pl- paying attention to cars more now because the people wearing masks alone in them. But I thought I might w- <clears throat> one up a story. Check out this picture. So he sent a picture of someone that uh, on their on the back of their car actually has a a big smiley face, and it says kill COVID when the frowny face is the O on the COVID mm, strong stance. Um, it's, Edgy. A, it's, <laughs> I didn't catch this the first time I looked at it, but look at the smiley face. It says it's a great day to respect women. <laughs> uh, oh, there's nothing better than someone jerking off their virtue into a ceiling fan for us all to be showered with. See, Especially yeah. like the uh, Liberty Tree on uh, his uh, radio yeah. foreground like, of the picture. I like that. Thanks, Tom. Um, I don't. I think people like that they don't realize like inadvertently how kind of fucked up. They're mess- it's a great day to respect women. Like you, you need a specific day for that. Like what's going on with your life, man? I had an idea um, in reference to what he was saying about trying to get his uh, his friends and family to be on board with the show. Free hot sauce, which. Uh, but I want to come back to that. Okay. Uh, most of us have people in our lives that don't really know how to operate their their phones. For some of us, it's our parents. For others, it's, well, you. And I was thinking that what you can do, it would be a service to these people, mm-hmm. is next time you are helping them with their phone, just go to the podcast app or to... Mm-hmm. Spotify, and just go ahead and subscribe to the Liberty Tree podcast for them. There we go. Yep. Do help them out. Not bad. 
Yeah, we do have two uh, takers on the hot sauce. Dave and Haas are both going to be getting some hot sauce sent their way. So Sweet. anyone else wants them, email us through the website or, I don't know. Show us proof that you put the podcast in your parents' phone. Yep. Send you some hot sauce. Indeed. Um, <clears throat> okay, this is my uh, deep thought for the week. All right. Do you think... <clears throat> At the fair, like, you know, there's carnies. Well, there used to be. Mm -hmm. And then now it's just, uh, like, immigrant workers, pretty much. I think we've talked about that before. And then there's the people that pilot the rides. Are they more or less the same people? The carny and the ride operator? Yeah. Well, what about the guy? I always wanted to make a half shirt that says, never fight a carny. Mm. Being, like, fluorescent, like, 80s style. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Good, good words to live by. Write that down. Mm-hmm. What about the guy that pilots the Gravitron? Total psycho. <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. That guy's got to be a little bit off. Like yeah. to, to so, so for starters, center, so for starters, he doesn't have an issue with being periodically showered with vomit. I don't think he ever gets showered with vomit <laughs> because it's always propelled away from him. Yeah. Evil genius. It's pretty. He has to be okay with seeing vomit. Mm-hmm. I would oh. say zipper operators. Oh, yeah, okay. I was thinking of the zipper. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, the Gravitron, you're enclosed in a, for those who don't know, enclosed in a uh, round capsule, basically, that mm-hmm. spins. Centrifuge. Yeah, it's a centrifuge, and you get stuck to the wall, and then the floor drops out, and you're just kind of stuck there. You can kind of turn upside down or crawl around, but there's so much, so many G-forces, three, actually, if you... There, no, <laughs> that you get, uh, you're pretty much stuck there. You well, can't really go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, and, but the guy in the center has no G forces on him. He's oh, that's just, right. He, he just sits there. He's just sitting there. Yeah. And he's, but he's moving with you. Cause if he was stationary, he would get really sick. Oh my God, dude. The urge on your last day of the fair to not just start urinating. <laughs> it's gotta be so hard to overcome. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to just kind of figure out what it would be like to be that guy, and I came across a story where... um, Oh, this might set this up, because the last, like, functioning, like, real band I was in, we had working titles for all our songs. We started talking about the Gravitron, and we're like, what if that thing, if it has, like, a governor or something, that thing just busted, and the thing just, like, kept going and going and going? So the title of the song was Unleash the Gravitron. Like, eventually, like, wow. it would enter, like, some portal to, like, a, like, another universe. Dude, that's... The thing just, like, flew into the air. You never saw those people again. It's a hell of a title. Yeah. I think that borders on maybe album title <laughs> levels of... <laughs> definitely better than just a working title. So in August of 1991, a, uh, there was an actual Gravitron accident, and seven children were injured. Mm-hmm. Um, an inch pin sheared at the floor, causing one panel of the Gravitron to come off as the ride was slowing to a stop. The trooper said about 30 people were on the ride when the accident occurred. Four children were seriously injured when they fell about five feet with the panel, and three young spectators suffered minor injuries from flying debris. Dude, I cannot fathom being on the Gravitron and realizing seeing a piece of... Some kind of fastener or some piece of equipment like rattle into the middle. That'd be terrifying. Fucking crazy. Yeah. All those rides. You know what's funny is that because now my son's 10, so he loves going to the fair and stuff. And I look at those rides, I was like, there's no way you can make me get on that thing. We went on the Ferris wheel last time we were at the fair 
And all I could think about was it, it breaking. Yeah. I never, before I had a kid, I'd never think about that. Yeah. Once you have a kid, it's like, there's no way this thing was inspected properly or. Yeah. You look at it. Not done the maintenance on this. Some random ass head crawling out from underneath it. (laughs) Can of spray paint. Is it a righty tighty lefty Lucy again? (laughs) Jesus, man. I'm not getting on that thing. Yeah. Pretty fucking terrifying. So when I was um, <clears throat> editing the podcast mm-hmm. last, uh, do, 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 whenever it was, and what Halloween was what, last Tuesday, was mm-hmm. it? And so I'm in here, I believe it was like Monday night, and I'm looking through the studio door, and my wife's giving me the, I'm not very happy with you look right now. So I pull out my headphones. I was like, what's going on? She goes, because you always bring your boy over here, and they play together while we do the podcast, mm-hmm. which would be Sunday. And I take out my headphones, and she's just glaring at me. I was like, what's going on? She goes, sweetness, I bought all of that candy for Halloween and hid it, and you ate it all? I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't eat candy, and <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know you bought any candy. And she, you, you see her face just drops, goes, God damn it. Oh, no. So apparently our kids ate all, almost all the Halloween, Halloween candy. Before Halloween. Before, yeah, Sunday. Dude. I uh, I pulled the move that my mom pulled on me when I was a kid and told Junior that uh, the day after Halloween, he could eat as much of it as he wanted, and then we were throwing the rest away. <laughs> he fucking tried to eat all of it. Wow. He really went after it. I mean, it was probably like a softball size pile of candy that he ended up eating. It makes me sick to my stomach. Just that was think. my goal, was to get him to get sick, and he never did. Yeah. He just fucking powered through it. Like a champ. Yeah. Amazing. But he didn't cry when I threw it out, and now we have no candy in the house. Yeah. Well, at least we didn't until my dad came over to visit today and brought him a whole bunch more candy. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dad. And I told him before. I was like, no, we're not doing the candy anymore. Right. How can you just have candy in your house? Like lay, like in a spot, like, hey, let's have some candy. Yeah. Like, that's not who we are. Adult, adults that eat candy are, I've always found that a little strange. They're sober. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> The occasional peanut butter cup. Yeah, see, yes. I, I will say, I was, I was listening to this as a debate. They're saying, what, what is kind of Barna and the best candy? It's like, it's got to be Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah. I really don't. I'll have maybe one a year. That's what my wife immediately assumed ate three bags of Halloween candy. I was like, have you ever seen me eat candy before? You remember that together for 12 years. <laughs> remember that time when uh, Gertrude was like, Hey, where's the uh, maple syrup? I just bought some. <laughs> and Junior, <laughs> Junior had taken both bottles out of the fridge. Yeah, because they were low enough in the very bottom of the door where he could actually reach them, and took them and hid them in his bedroom. <laughs> they, we found them under the bed. He was just in there pounding maple syrup. Oh, full like intervention level alcoholic move. Totally. I was seriously worried. It's like, oh my God, I think we might have to intervene here. He might have a serious problem. And now when he, uh, when he has waffles, he's like, can you just leave the bottle of syrup with me? No, no, <laughs> you fucking alcoholic. <laughs> I'm leaving you the bottle. Just have a little bit on your waffles like a normal human being. All right. Okay. Our, our producer's telling us it's prediction time. All right. You got one? Yes. Okay. It's pretty milk toast though. Mine is not, but good. Do you want to do a serious one? Uh, you go. Okay. The prediction is, the reason I'm doing this prediction, um, it's been done by other people, but I feel like the more people predict this, 
the higher the likelihood that it doesn't come true. So yes, like early retreat predictions. Like if I'm wrong, uh, that's a good thank thing. God. Yes, yes. And I feel like if you really just if this is out there in the ethos, and then what happens? We find out Hootie and the Blowfish are getting back <laughs> together again. You fucking nailed that one. <laughs> <laughs> the prediction is that the 2024 presidential elections are not going to happen, dude. I'm really. Because you brought this up, what, a month and a half, two months ago? I think it was the first time you said it. Okay. "Eh, It's kind of far-fetched. And then I heard that, so I think it was General... Colonel McGregor. Colonel McGregor. Um, Oh, you're thinking of General Roseanne Barr. No. Because she also made that prediction. No, Colonel McGregor, the UFC fighter. Ah. And I thought, yeah, okay. This kind of makes more sense because I heard, like, kind of case behind it. But so much has happened just in the last two months that... I'm kind of, I think I'm like 51%. I was like, I don't foresee our elections happening, at least not in the form that we have come to know them. I hope to God that we're wrong about that, but uh, if we don't, it's going to be chaos. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, and nobody, nobody wants chaos, man. I, I think, uh, <laughs> except for the psychopaths, except for that weird guy in Bavaria <laughs> making that, that music with the slide whistle is my prediction. I think kind of dovetails into yours is I think, and I really, really, really want to be wrong with this, but I've already predicted, I was like, I think we're heading into a third world war, which I've kind of pled my case for that and laid out why Yep, has to do with the, Basically, the destruction of the U.S. economy, which we'll get into a little bit later. I think we're going to see a major domestic terrorist, some kind of major kind of event happen. And I could see that happening before the election. So they choose not to go through the elections. I think that if it's out there in the zeitgeist enough that it keeps it being said that, yeah. well, it's, it's going to be harder for them to pull it off mm-hmm. because if everyone's expecting that they won't, Right. Do the election. They kind of have to do it just to say, you see, you guys are such conspiracy theorists. We got to cancel you because everything you say is so destructive. But it's like uh, everyone's saying it. Joe Rogan said it. All right. It's if it gets that mainstream. Did he say that? No. I'm just saying if it gets to that point. So I'm I'm making that prediction as a public service. To, To be fair to me. Is that these are the same people that held event 201 right before the COVID lockdown pandemic. Yeah, because nobody knew about it. No, I think you're right. I I do think you're right about that and this. Um, All right. I want to play a... uh, Tell me if this rings a bell. September 20th, 2001. Americans are asking... Terror. Why do they hate us? They hate what they see right here in this chamber. A democratically elected government. Their leaders are self-appointed. That's been bombing them for 20 years. They hate our freedoms, our freedom of religion, our freedom of speech, our freedom to vote and assemble and disagree with each other. So I have come to believe that he was actually right when he said all that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they hate us because we're free, um, except that the they he's talking about is not the brown people on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the political elites that run our country. Right. They do hate us. Yes. Because we're free. As we always say, if you take one thing away from this episode, these people hate you. They have nothing but this game for you. Their leaders are self-appointed. 
a democratically elected government. Check. Their leaders are self-appointed. Check. They hate our freedoms. Check. Our freedom of religion. Yeah. Our freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Our freedom to vote and assemble and disagree with each other. I'd say he checks all the boxes. <laughs> right there. Uh, I like the new perspective on that. Um, the thing that made me think of that is the this new push to get rid of our to take away our guns. Mm -hmm. um, just like every mass shooting that ever happens, the psychopaths in charge try to seize on the opportunity. Problem, to, reaction, solution. To turn that into a reason that um, that they should they that we should not be armed. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, you know that when that shooting happened in in Maine, they uh, they had a sign. To be the, to be fair, that came out of nowhere. No one knew that guy was going to do anything like <laughs> right. that. <laughs> right, like exactly. Obviously, this guy was the exact kind of person <laughs> that would do something like Say that. Say the line. He was on our radar. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Uh. There was a sign on the outside of the bowling alley that said, we kindly ask that you refrain from bringing firearms into this building, and we would appreciate it if you left them in your vehicle. Please keep our atmosphere family friendly. Mm. As dumb as Kamala Harris is. Not a lot of people say that, but go ahead. I don't think... Well, I think that the, the, the concerns mm -hmm. are based on what we should all be right. concerned about. But okay. the, the solutions have to be and include what we are doing in terms of going forward, in terms of investments. Mm. Yeah, what was that, smarty pants? Yeah, as dumb as she is. I don't think that she thinks a sign on the door is going to keep a armed uh, psycho from coming in and, and murdering people. Yeah, I would argue someone like that's probably a little fast and loose with uh, legal procedure. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> yeah. So here's this bowling alley with the sign on on the door that keeps good people with guns from taking their guns in. Mm -hmm. And here's a guy that everyone knows is capable of shooting up a place like that that just, no one does just anything. Just because he said he was going to, I mean, let's not read too far into it. Right. And so, and, and then on top of that, 94% of all gun attacks happen in gun-free zones. Right. Right? So um, this guy goes into this place that's you know, we all knew was going to happen, and what is the reaction of the psychopaths that are in charge of us? Is, it, is their reaction sympathy and actually wanting to stop this thing from happening? They'll say, you know, our hearts are with the, the victims, and we, you know, we pray that this, can never, this never happens again. But they can't look at the most basic, obvious solution to this, which would be people in that bowling alley being armed to be able to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. Instead, they try to create gun-free zones where those people are sitting ducks, mm -hmm. and they don't do anything about this guy that was on their radar yeah. that could easily go and kill them, right? What they are after is our guns. Just like George Bush said, they hate us because we're free. Right. And so their solution is never going to look like um, s protecting people, mm -hmm. even though on that sign on the door, it says that uh, we want to keep the atmosphere family friendly. Right. But I'm pretty sure that six people being murdered isn't very family friendly. 
Um, their solution is take away all the guns. Yeah. Do you know that that shooter, after he fired his first shot, his gun jam, that took him 40 seconds to fix the jam? No. Did I tell you that, uh, quick sidebar, after we went shooting out at the, at the ranch, mm-hmm. um, we were unloading stuff out of the truck and my neighbor walked by and said something no. to us? Uh-uh. Um, yeah, my son is, you know, never met a stranger, so and he loves, you know, our neighbors and he's right. talked to this lady before. And so she walked by and said hi and he said, Hey, he's like, We just got back from the range. She's like, Oh, the range, what's that? It's like it's where you go and, and you shoot guns. And she's like, Oh. She goes, Well, that leads to some interesting things. <laughs> oh like, boy. I didn't say anything, of course, but you know what I, I thought after I heard that 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 gun jammed after mm-hmm. his first shot and it took him 40 seconds to clear it. My son was learning shooting the 22. Mm-hmm. It's a semi-automatic 22 with yeah. a, with a magazine. And he, it jammed a lot because it's just a 22. Right. It has no power. Yeah. And he learned and, how to clear and the ammo, super cheap and dirty. Yeah. He, he learned how to clear the jams. Nice. And you know, get the bullet out the one that's stuck. And I thought when she said that, I was like, yeah, you know, it does, lead to a lot of interesting things. It would lead to him in a situation like that, knowing like, okay, this guy's gun's fucked up. I have a few seconds to either run or attack him or shoot him with my own gun or get out of there or whatever. Right. Right. It would lead just a common knowledge of guns, of firearms to know what to do in that situation. Good point. Um, however, if you're on, uh, Instagram, you may have heard this chick. <laughs> Banning these weapons of war on the street isn't about infringing on you, it's about protecting you. Imagine you're in a bowling alley with a handgun and a perpetrator walks in with a military-style weapon and a bulletproof vest. There's literally no way you're going to be able to defend yourself. Banning- Is that AI? What is wrong with her? She does look weird, huh? Yeah. No, because I saw another uh, picture of her on something else that, yeah, see, I think that's her. Oh, she looks kind of weird there, too. Anyways, <laughs> just whether or not she's real. I'm just saying, a lot of AI out there. <laughs> yeah, it very well could be AI. And it, I don't think that changes the fact that the message is you are helpless. Yeah. Even if you had a handgun, what can you possibly do? The guy has a military weapon and a weapon body of armor. War yeah. That shoots 100 rounds per second. <laughs> a fully automatic machine gun. Has a, it could, uh, you could have 100 rounds in the chamber. <laughs> it's so funny because I've had these conversations personally when you talk to people about guns and you just go like, okay, let's, let's just nail down a few things. Like explain what's a machine gun. I was like, I don't know. You tell me. It's like, I, I, I didn't say the word machine gun. You, you're talking about machine guns. Explain to me what a machine gun is. So many times, there's so many myths just dispelled right off the bat. Like, I think this should be illegal. I'm like, that is illegal. What you're talking about oh, is yeah. illegal. I think there should be universal background checks. You should not be able to buy a gun without a background check. Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. What did Obama say? It shouldn't be easier to get an AR-15 than it is to get a book at the library. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not disturbing. He's a psychopath, authoritarian politician. And yeah, gee, these days, I, I'll take him as a president. <laughs> like I miss those days almost. Is you go, you're like, it's not what he's saying. Like he has a job to do, mm-hmm. right? Is, and it's to spew just complete bullshit. It's all the people that nod and go out into the ether and repeat that. That's the most frustrating thing. I would like this AI-generated mm-hmm. chick to tell 
that to what she just said that even if you had a handgun, there's nothing you'd be able to do. Tell that the most absurd thing I've ever heard of to the father of the bartender who tried to go after the guy with a butcher knife. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a gun. And he still tried to stop the guy by charging at him with a fucking knife. Yeah. And he got shot and killed. Yeah. Right? If that guy had had a gun, I'm sorry. Why, why can't he defeat the guy with the, with the rifle and the body armor? What, is the guy invincible? Yeah. We train so much, that, and which isn't that much, but yeah. we, a lot more than everybody else. We train enough to know exactly what to do in that situation correct might not be easy i mean i'm sure it would it wouldn't be but even just when that guy's gun jammed even if you just started firing at him and you didn't hit him yeah. now he's on the back foot he's playing defense he probably is going to get the hell out of there because he thought he was in a gun free zone where 94 mm -hmm. of all attacks happen he thought he had just fish in a barrel to right. shoot and now he doesn't and i i do carry a weapon i was telling you earlier i i carry it more and more for exactly situations mm-hmm like that. We went to a place last night where a lot of people gather and, uh, it's a gun free zone mm -hmm. and I took my gun with me. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, if I, I just don't give a shit, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not after hero status. I just want to know that if that were to happen here, that I would have a fighting chance. Yeah. So fuck those laws. I'm going to you know, do what I think is best for my family. Um, one last clip here. I don't know. I'm with her. <laughs> I'm with the AI. <laughs> Here's our vice president on the subject. Before I address why we are convened here today, I will address the tragic events that happened last night in Maine. Last night, Lewiston became yet another community torn apart by senseless gun violence. Once again, routine gatherings, this time at a bowling alley and a restaurant, have been turned into scenes of horrific carnage. Doug and I mourn for those who were killed, we pray for those who were injured, and grieve with so many whose lives are forever changed and impacted by what happened. The Biden-Harris administration will continue to provide full support to local authorities. And as we gather details, we must continue to speak truth about the... Dude, I swear she's drunk. I was going to say, like, how many pills is she on? She is always in this altered state. It's all because I've, I've had a lot of friends. I've had some problems with the pills. Uh -huh. And she does that bottom jaw thing where so that kind of just, like, like, becomes unhinged a little bit. Right. Yeah. That's a full, like, Oxycontin, like, Vicodin kind of thing. Totally. ...moment we are in. In our country today, the leading cause See, of, that bottom jaw? of American children is gun violence. Yeah, especially if you count 19-year-olds as children, and 18-year-olds mm -hmm. for that matter. They were adults, and now apparently they no longer have the right to vote. And in the spirit of the CDC, you change the definition of what a mass shooting is. Yeah. And almost... In Entirely, the vast majority, if you take out suicides, which is actually the majority, I think, or it's like high 40s. Mm -hmm. And then almost entirely, it's gang violence in inner cities. From 18 to 19 year olds. From 18 to 19 year olds. And 17 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. But we're counting them as children now. Gun violence has 
terrorized and traumatized so many of our communities in this country. You guys seem a little... And let us be clear. Think, think of pills. It like, does not have to be this way. As our friends in Australia have demonstrated. Mmm, that's what we need to do for the beacon of freedom. <laughs> Stop clapping. Do not stop clapping. Is Australia the same people that put people in COVID quarantine camps? Yeah. Uh, so what, the solution is clear. Like, right. do not let them, uh, what is it called, snow job you or I don't know what the phrase is, but mm-hmm. lie to you, gaslight you, that they're not just after your guns. She just said it. Yeah. We have gun violence. We need to do what Australia did, which it means take away people's Disarm guns. the entire population. Exactly. Yep. That's obviously what they're after, even though the problem is not that people own guns, mm-hmm. which is a debate that probably will never end, but we've, you know, we've gone over it a million times. But fucking, that's what they're up to. Yeah, I think pointing to Australia as the example of how to run a free society is a little <laughs> yeah. off the rails. Yeah, pretty dark. <laughs> So it's uh, Sunday, so I thought I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up sports. Ah, nice. Do you want to play the sports? All right, Fox and Friends starts right now. Hey, this is going to be an unbelievable day of news, so don't miss a minute. Israel against Gaza. Point out the power players going against (laughs) Israel. You got the West Bank, you got Gaza, but there's other players in this region. So let's break it down country by country. First (laughs) off, look at this. Afghanistan, (laughs) we know they're running for the hills because of the Taliban. Iran, front and center. Egypt is where they came up with the Muslim Brotherhood that gave birth to all these terrorists. Absolutely gave birth to all of it. Let's back up and go over how we got here and who the players are. First, let's look down. Outline, this is the size of Israel, roughly the size of New Jersey. Missiles from Hezbollah coming back in, opening up a two-front war right there. So let's go to the wall. What about Hezbollah? (laughs) They're known as the gold standard of terror groups. Hamas is uh, Shia, I think Hezbollah... No, you're right. Uh, Hamas is Sunni, and then uh, Hezbollah comes up and says Shia. We have the muscle, we have the energy, we got the strategy. Okay, uh, let's put a perspective, let's take a walk over to the map about where we're at right now. And first off, get get an idea of the region. Friendly, Egypt, friendly, Jordan. Here is Syria, obviously an enemy. They all love to kidnap, they all love to kill, they all like to horrify people, (laughs) and they like to intimidate. That's really what makes up terror. That's what's so scary about our current situation. Pete, that was really good, but you know what what, uh, Chris is doing right now? He's doing this right here. You know what that means? I'm told that means 30 seconds left. During the week and the weekend. (laughs) All right, Pete, great job. Thank you, I'll I'll see you over the weekend. Dude, how demented is that? Fucked up, dude. I can't believe you've made that video. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. So I apologize in advance. <clears throat> as I saw that, and then as we were discussing earlier, I started, we revisited, or I did, the Deagle website mm. and the Deagle predictions, which has been... A little refresher in case we have... Uh, uh, okay, so Deagle... Jake wasn't here that day. Yeah, so Deagle is a military, basically, aggregate information site, and it tracks all of military hardware being bought and sold all over... Right, it's like Amazon for weapons of mass destruction. Right, yeah, from yeah, basically, <laughs> it's like the eBay of mass murder. <laughs> and they contrast this; they cross reference this with um, you can look up each country, which has like their GDP, the population, the average income, you know, on and on and on. Everything you need to know, you know, basically all geopolitical, you know, statistics for every country. Right. Now, the Deagle prediction, do you roughly remember what it was? It was uh, year 2025, there was going to be a 80% drop in... 75% 
Um, now it's uh, D E A G E L, and I spent a bunch of time on this because you can look at like China just bought all this, and you know um, Afghanistan's buying this, and you know it's it's pretty dark but pretty interesting. But as far as the prediction that we saw, which has been Basically scrubbed from the internet. It's pretty hard. You can find it. It just takes yeah, some It's not the on their website. Wayback machine. Or but they're whatever. saying that we're looking at close to a 75% reduction in population in 2025, right? Now, it's important to note that by and large, that reduction is not seen globally. It's seen in specific places, mm-hmm. Europe, the U.S., uh, the Middle East, and certain parts of Asia. Africa, not really so much. A couple will. of countries in Africa I remember right. being closer to the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And that's right. And so I started thinking about this. So first thing, and we kind of started this discussion, and they and they're, this Deagle thing is, it's pretty mysterious. It's pretty kind of bizarre yeah. website. So first... Yeah, if anyone, any employees of Deagle out there <laughs> are listening, uh, shoot us an email. We'd love to talk to you. So we began this conversation yesterday. Is the first thing you have to think of is which you should think of all the time, right? If you're following what's going on with Hamas and Israel and you see some horrific video, is you go like, is this even real, right? Okay, is it AI generated, like the chick you just put up there? And if it is real, is it from, is it from the war that they're talking about? Are the people who they label in that video, is that who, who that really is? And what so, do you mean? so I'm saying, like, you see a lot of videos, like, look at the brutality of insert name here. And it turns oh, sure. out the, the names were reversed on there. Okay. And so I'm just using this as kind of a primer. It's like, when you take in any information, first thing you should do is start asking questions. Like, is right. this even real? That's why I was thinking about Flat Earth today as we were discussing mm. it. I was like, huh? I mean, how do we really know what we know? There's very, there's, there's not a lot in this world that you can go, like, I 100% know that this is true. I can go with my gut, or like I'd 80% think this, but I'm also open to the other, other discussion, right? Mm-hmm. It's particularly for information. These are the questions that we need to ask, right? So right. when you see something as horrifying as this Deagle site that shows a 75% reduction in population, you know, in the U.S. and Europe and the, and the Middle East right. and, and China. I just take their word for it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, CNN, not so much. Deagle, <laughs> sounds logical <laughs> to me. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so this is the, dis- the discussion that we we're having yesterday. Is like, well, the first thing you need to do, with any, you know, as with anything, it, everything exists on this gradient, right? It's not like it's true or it's not. It's, like, it's just like the false flag argument. It's like, well, I'm not on this end and I'm not on this end. I'm like, it's somewhere in the middle. I might be closer to this side or whatever. You know what I mean? And this, we tried to kind of eliminate the myth of a false flag. Was that last episode that we did that? Yeah, one or two. Yeah. yeah. So you have to do this with Deagle. You're like, well, is it real? Could be. Is it leaked? And they leaked, someone put up something that they weren't supposed to, and then it got shared around, and then they took it down. It could be. Is it completely fabricated? It's some, I mean, this website is comprehensive and vast, and has like, if it is fake, someone put a shit ton of work into there, yeah. like to... Try to scare the entire world, I guess. If so, it's a hundred percent fake, it's one of the most uh, intensive jokes that anyone has ever labor-intensive jokes anyone's ever tried to pull hats off, off to, sir. Yes, I mean, yeah, it's just it's huge. So, but what did do you remember what we were talking about yesterday? I was like, so it's kind of like the I made uh, a metaphor with the the fires in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, 
So on one end, like the, the conspiracy theory spectrum, on the far end of it is uh, directed energy weapons, and they were starting all these fires, you know, on purpose, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, everyone was in on it, and they chose to shut off the water, which they did. The fire department was told to stand down. They did. And why? So we always go, like, well, why? Like, you know, what's the why to that? That's why, like, some conspiracy theories, I'm like, I just don't understand, like, who would benefit from this. Like, why would they put so much work into something? But the why for, for the fires and the why were that, so these multinational developers were trying to scoop up that land they'd been trying for decades for pennies on the dollar. They go, like, okay, directed to energy weapons, like, sounds kind of out, out there. I was like, okay, but at the end of the day, the why yeah. came true. Well, you have one end of the spectrum is the directed energy weapons, the other end of the spectrum just being like fires happen. Fire, fire happened. But it totally. doesn't matter because at the end of the day, these multinational corporations are scooping, scooping up all the... Right. So I I, like, that property wasn't really worth a lot, though, so I don't know why they would really... Yeah, be I, don't, I don't know. I think they were going to... They wanted to put some Section 8 housing in there. Okay. Or something yeah, like that. Like some goat farming, maybe. And so we do the same thing with the Deagle predictions, right? Because we tackled mm-hmm. that, oh, what, close to two years ago? Mm-hmm. year and a half ago? It was like one of the first... It's like when I found my stride. <laughs> it's like I could talk about the worst shit ever all the time. It was the first episode that kept me up at night, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, we ended on, like, not the best note. And so if we look at the... Well, what's Deagle proposing? Like this population reduction. Now people have theorized it could be a pathogen, could be a man-made pathogen, uh, could be some complete natural cataclysmic disaster, could be nuclear war. As far as where we are today and that prediction being proposed for 2025, in your opinion, is the wind kind of blowing that way? Like, even if this was fabricated or maybe it's partially true or it's outlandish and illegitimate, well, I think that if the Deagle predictions are to come true and the cause of this population decline was, was World War III, mm-hmm. that it would mean, um, because the previous World Wars have been very, very devastating, mm-hmm. you know, really uh, just horrific in terms of how many lives lost. This would have to make that look like a, you know, just a border dispute. It, it would have if it's if it's within reference to war, it would have to be basically a nuclear holocaust, total nuclear like war. Multiple yeah. countries sending off nuclear bombs. Yeah. Now you can look on this. I think I sent a screenshot to you guys of uh, the U.S. just recently. But I can't remember the exact wording of it, but they bought uh, a nuclear warhead. Now, I don't know if that's. I didn't look into it enough. Like that's just something they do all the time. But yet, then I think in like last month or something like that. They bought, Deagle tracked them as buying a, a nuclear warhead. If you go to the U.S. on there, you can find it. Quick sidebar. Yep. Who did they buy it from? That I don't know. I mean, well, if you no, had to guess. Well, like, they're buying from military contractors. Okay. Like Raytheon or, okay. or, or Lockheed Martin or And Boeing that would be or, a private company, right? Yes. So technically, well, a private company is private people mm-hmm. who have... In their possession. Are you saying nuclear <laughs> weapons? Uh, yeah. Because they always say that <laughs> private, <laughs> private people shouldn't be able to have nuclear weapons, right? 
Is that the extreme she, argument that you get in with a lefty? Yeah. Like, you think everyone should just be able to have whatever gun they want? I mean, private people can't have nuclear weapons. Well, guess what? <laughs> they do. Are you saying only the most psychopathic rich corporations should be allowed to have that nuclear is, weapons? That is a decent point. Um, we are going to steer away from this for just a sec, and we're going to come back to it. Because I was thinking of a couple different things, and it kind of started to come together in a very dark and macabre way. Um, there was a debate. It was the high school national finals, I believe. It was the most prestigious. A debating? A debating, uh, a yeah. Final like a de- tournament? Two, two debate teams, huh. right? And <clears throat> these two teams showed up. So we got Team A and Team B that show up. And this is the most like prestigious platform for people that are good at debating, I guess you could say. The, the professional debate teams, you know. Master and, debaters. You master know, debaters, say. yeah. Thank you. And I thought that this was a good example is that when we were talking about earlier, we're talking about like, like the Maoist revolution and Marxism. We're talking about, we're seeing, you get people like Yuri Bezinov saying like, you know, the whole Marxist revolution that's happening right now in the U.S. Now, if you drop that on your average NBC, they're going to roll your eyes. And so this is kind of to set the table for people that think that we are being hyperbolic when we talk about these things. Mm -hmm. And as we were saying earlier, I am... My pessimism needles buried in the red. Like, I'm just not surprised by anything. Mm-hmm. Even I saw these Deagle statistics. I'm like, huh? well, there you go. Let's start looking into it. This is an example. I was just like, oh, boy. Like, wow. Like, I'm, I'm not usually put on my heels very well. So I'm going to explain to you basically what happened. And I'm going to play the clips from the debate. And I'm going to give you just... Fair warning, because this is one of those examples when we look back at historical patterns and we look at the, the Maoist Revolution and Lenin and Stalin and Hitler and, and the Khmer Rouge, and you look back at these times in history where not that long ago, less than 100 years, you go like, how do they get to that point? Like, at what, like, what was wrong with their brain? Like, how did they let it get there? Well, it's the same way of someone explaining how they went bankrupt. Like, well, very slowly, and then all of a sudden... And it's the very slowly part that people don't pay attention to. And that's why I like, we like to bring this stuff up. It's like, you guys got to look at some of these things that are going on. And the people that were around to see the effects of like some of these like horrific totalitarian regimes are saying like, this, you guys, this is happening again. Do you not see this? So team A shows up and what they, year is this? Just out of curiosity. This is it, this, recent. Okay. This is like now. have you because you know how the high school debates have become just those fast talking. Uh, they become like poetry slams almost. Well, no, they just try to get as many words out right. as possible. Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't watch a lot of high school topic debates. Topic for another another time. <laughs> <laughs> is of all things, interestingly enough, is they were supposed to debate the pros and cons of the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, which is something that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. As my PSA. South American presidents, if the CIA comes into your country on behalf of the IMF and say, like, hey, we'd like to give you some money for that infrastructure project that you need, and you go, like, I think we're all good. Do not get on a plane. I repeat, do not get on a plane after that. Make excuses. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a few things I just want to, like, pay attention to. We talk about the tense of Marxism. One of the things that we constantly refer to is what? It's like the changing of words and the elimination of objective truth. These are the beginnings yeah. Oh, boy. Want to read what you just pointed to there? Biden regime to ban, to ban gas generators as planned power grid attack announced by state-run media. 
it seems to tie in a little bit with what yes. you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. So team A and team B, team A and team B show up to debate the pros and cons of international money, the IMF. I just blanked on the name. International Monetary Fund. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's back. So and what happens is Team A shows up and says, we're not going to debate the IMF because currently there are MAGA Republicans conducting mm. a trans genocide. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that we should be talking about. Right? So I'm going to play the clips. Uh, what brave kids. <laughs> I know. And just to warn you, it's this is way worse than you think it is. Oh, gonna, really? Yes, I'm going to show you step by step. So I give you Team A. This round will be viewed by hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Your affirmation here is the ultimate disruption of the debate space. Amen. Nineteen to open institutions up that have functioned as containers. You have to throw the usage into crisis. Protest requires becoming an inconvenience to make violence seeable. Sometimes you have to create a scene to stop business as usual, impossible to pass by. Occupation is a political product. You counter the balance of a system by revealing the balance of a system. <laughs> we have tried politeness. We have tried blog posts and infographics and endless discussions. But the only way the debate community will change is if we hold their most sacred currency for ransom. Okay, I'm gonna. I don't want to off myself on a Sunday for my wife. Uh, so question one, let's say that money is not an object for me. <clears throat> How much would I have to pay you? You have to drive across the country with her in the passenger seat. Oh yeah, you can't God. be blind drunk because you're doing all the driving. You got to drive to the East Coast and back. Why can't I be blind drunk? Because you're driving. Oh, you're saying they'll kill both you? <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I'm a good blind drunk driver. <laughs> Um, all the way, just one way, cross country. Yeah, let's go one way. Get off in Bayonne, New Jersey. I'd do it for a million bucks. Million? Yeah. Okay. Because Bitcoin's going off right now, and I might be able to. <laughs> let's fucking able to do pull it. this thing off. <laughs> so I actually kind of enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, you just pay for the gas, and I'll do it. <laughs> I liked her. <laughs> Passionate. So we're off to a good start, but this is, it starts getting worse. By the way, Jake, can you find one article of a MAGA Republican murdering a trans person? I mean, she's saying it's a genocide, which would mean multiple murders at, a, I would guess, at like a That's the epidemic definition. level. Yeah. So, but let's start off, see if we can find maybe one. So we're already deep into Maoist territory, but this is where it gets way worse. This is what I was saying, because you would guess, one would assume, if you were on Team B, ready to debate the IMF, and this is the opening kind of salvo, you go like, uh, as a rational human being, you would say something along the lines of, I thought we were... Anyway, the pros of the IMF. <laughs> You're a stupid, spoiled <laughs> cunt, and I refuse to debate you on that. <laughs> I rescind the rest of my time. Here's the response. So I think in light of this, um, Marcus and I have decided to concede the round against Dalton. I think that their message that they brought throughout the entire tournament has been incredibly impactful. And by debating it, I don't think we want to undermine the message that they're trying to get across or try to tear down an argument just the sake of picking up a ballot. But (laughs) rather, I think what's more important is to hold a conversation to discuss their messages and their experiences as well. So in light of everything, we think it's the most important thing in the round is to make sure people have a voice in the first place to get across their message. And there's no greater place to do that than TOC finals. So 
questions, questions. Is this, correct me if I'm wrong, but is this not a struggle session? That's exactly what it What's is. What's your understanding of what a struggle session is? Yeah, as so we know from the Maoist revolution. This guy, the guy that she's debating, who was just talking, is in the center of, of the ring mm-hmm. and now has to admit his uh, biases and his, uh, what was she talking about? She's talking about trans. Yeah, so his, trans uh, his transphobia right. and um, how, you know, acquiesce to the power of a, uh, a woman, in this case, mm-hmm. someone that is, uh, he has... Uh, Power over, mm-hmm. I guess, presumably. Yeah. He sounds white, too, so I'm sure, yeah, he's he's obviously the devil. Right. So you have to kind of break this up from here because, like, I, w- I really want to, like, p- people to understand of, like, what the components of this are, right? Because what we have is A, Team A, the, the girl in the beginning, is the true believer, the one screeching at everyone else, right? I mean, she's she's... Sounds unhinged, right? Not well. And B is not the true believer. B is scared for his fucking life, right? He's going like, oh, shit. Like, I'm just about to get dragged on the chopping block. And she's, you know, they're looking at him going like, there's only one thing that you are going to say. And if you don't say that thing, like, we will destroy you. What is he afraid of, you think? Because they're in high school, right? Yeah. So he's afraid of um, missing out on his opportunity to go to... Ostracized from the group. Well, it's also like uh, this debate is somehow going to play into his plans of getting accepted into colleges, right? He's obviously going to college if he's doing this. Um, It really will have an impact on his life. They will destroy your life. Because, I mean, if when my kid's in high school, he's not going to have to worry about getting his life destroyed. I don't think he's going to have oh, a, yeah, dude, the no, kind of life where we're gonna be living, that would matter. We're going to be living underground for food in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> yeah. Our kids aren't going to have to worry about this shit. <laughs> okay, if he was I'm in actually, high school. <laughs> that's kind of my point in bringing this up, which I'll get to in I a bit. just mean if he was in high school today. Okay, let's say that, that if this was Ferndale mm-hmm. and your future you know, was going to be something that didn't involve college, you were that kid, you were just kind of like... You know, you wouldn't have anything to fear. But yeah. this kid actually does, and I think most high school kids right. that would be on a debate team. There's a reason why they're on the professional debate team because yeah. it goes on your resume, and he's looking to go to college, and where this whole thing, this old Maoist <laughs> Marxist revolution, is like on steroids. It's like going up and up and up and up. So, uh, if only he had had the foresight to anticipate this mm-hmm. and then one up her. You know, like, oh, you're worried about trans uh, genocide? Well, guess what? Your whiteness is the problem. He goes in in a wig and a wheelchair, like, yeah. oh, well, look at you, yeah. bipedal trans exactly. person. No, he's sitting behind the table in the wheelchair, and he just turns and wheels out. I dare you. She's like, he's oh. got a skirt on. Oh, he's good. Oh, he's, he's really good. I bring this up because, you know, first off, the, the, the beginnings, you know, the beginning stages of the Cultural Revolution, whether it be Mao or Stalin or Lenin, or the ones we talk about are always controlling the language, redefining words. You know, you know, the Marxist that you were debating is like, I'm not going to debate you using facts mm-hmm. because, you know, that's a, a part of the white patriarchy or whatever it is. Yeah. And you are left in a spot like, well, it's, there's no discussion then. And you just have to listen to that person yammer on with just fucking diarrhea of the mouth of just every emotional opinion they've ever had. Because there's nothing you can push back. You mm-hmm. can't go like, that's not true. That's not true. That didn't happen. History says this or whatever it is, you know. And this is why I always tell people, it's like, I always tell people, like, just 
push back in the very, very beginning, right? Because it starts out small and you have to realize that once they get you to apologize or bend the knee, you're never getting off that knee again. Like they're going to, you know, because once that, once you go down on that knee, the foot goes on your shoulder and it doesn't stop till both feet are on the back of your neck. That's why I tell people that try to get canceled like celebrities. I'm like, just tell them to fuck off. Like people like, um, like Adam Carolla. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to apologize for that. Like, because it's not, he knows he has the foresight to realize like, it's not going to stop there mm-hmm. because once you apologize, you've shown that weakness and they're like, oh, it's blood in the water. Yeah. Essentially is, is what it is. So that's why when people say like, you know, you better say Bruce Jenner is a beautiful woman. Like, no, I'm not going to say that. That's a not attractive middle-aged man. I'm not, you're not <laughs> going to make me say that's a beautiful woman. And like, this was years ago. I got people are like, got pissed at me. I was like, I'm not going to say that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like this stops here. I already see where this is going. Like I, I'm not putting blood in the water for you people. So you think you have to understand that the, the way these struggle sessions work or these kind of cultural kind of Marxist paradigm shifts go, it's like you have to look at, if we look at historical patterns, is that that girl doing the screaming and, you know, she's pointing at this and she's saying, you better say this. And she's trying to control what people say is I think what these people don't realize, the activists, the kind of the, the, the boots on the ground of these movements, they don't realize like it's the movement. If we look at history, always eats itself. And you have like, it's only a matter of time. You're going to end up on the chopping block. As we were joking about the guy coming out in the wheelchair. It's like, it's only a matter of time because mm-hmm. you are making this base, this victim oppressor kind of hierarchy and you don't realize, like, it's a Ponzi scheme. It, it fucking implodes on itself every time. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I've, all of these movements have since recorded history, since we can look back at them. Because you don't, you don't, like, realize that this is something we bring up. We still need to do a deep dive on Yuri Bezmenov. He was the KGB defective who came right. to the U.S. And he's saying, like, he's, he talks about this stuff all the time. He goes, you, you guys don't realize, like, you're doing it. You're doing the thing that, I, that I've been war- uh, warning you about. So... He, he looks to, if you look to like Nazi Germany, right, is, yeah, the, are you familiar with the brown shirts? Mm-hmm. So the brown shirts went around and they were kind of the, the boots on the ground of this kind of cultural movement. And they rounded up all the Jews, rounded up all the gypsies, the disabled, the, desi- the undesirables, as they put them. And at the end, after they had rounded up everyone, they looked to the power, the top of the power hierarchy and go, we got them all. Like, now, you, now what do you want us to do? And they go like, cool, good job. Get against that wall. And they fucking executed all of them. It's like, we're done with you now. Like, we don't need you anymore. And that's how these movements work. And I just try to, like, tell people, like, pay attention to this stuff. And, you, and if you're out there, you know, screeching at someone aggressively, you know, good, you just, you know, you're right in your heart. It's like these movements, like, it's going to turn on you. It's only a matter of time. We're seeing that with the left, with the Israel-Palestine thing. It's like they're fully just, like, eating themselves of, like, who's the more virtuous and who's the more righteous. We're seeing that's it. happening on the right, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it have, happens everywhere. You have the uh, uh, Megan Kelly and Dave Rubin conversation talking about how, you know, and Ben Shapiro doing the same thing, mm-hmm. that basically bringing wokeness to the argument that you have to be um, pro-Israel or else you're, you know, you're not a real conservative. You're not right. Right. Did you hear, actually, do you mind if I play it real quick? Sure. The, uh, the, Ruben and Kelly have this conversation, and they're just dumbfounded that uh, that they're on the same side as Joe Biden in this argue, in this conversation. Exactly the same way 
that we saw them go during BLM, during these other, you know, massive conflicts that have divided us. And this just shouldn't be one. This just this just shouldn't be one. This should just be like there's a reason Joe Biden sounds for the most part like you and me I right know, now. It was, it was right? shocking. There's very few things. Yeah, where we would all sound the same. Now we can talk about his remarks and I don't think he went far enough, but he his core message was a good one and I agreed with what he was saying. Yeah. Don't don't you dare like have some self reflection. Like, wait a second, I'm on the same side as Joe Biden on this issue. <laughs> that must just be because it's just so right. What I'm thinking is just so right. Even Joe Biden's on my side. Not like, wait a second, maybe this is the side of the warmongering pedophiles. Right. I am so sick of these warmongering pedophiles. So glad you brought that up because that's kind of where I'm going to end with some of this, but to go back and look at this struggle session, this Maoist struggle session that is going on, and you would think, okay, these kids are deranged, right? They've been indoctrinated, right? They're drinking the Kool-Aid, and, you know, cooler heads will prevail, like the adults in the room. Someone will say, like, okay, let's take a time out real quick. And that's an interesting uh, statement or Sentiment that cooler heads will prevail. I think you mean fallacy, because when I said it gets way worse, I give you the judges. I want to also um, thank you for allowing this to happen, um, University and um, Dalton, for uh, bringing up arguments that you will that you could definitely um, receive backlash on, but especially JJ for. Um, being brave and taking this step. Um, th- Full struggle session. Yeah, she didn't actually say anything right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, I'm back to looking at the deal statistics, right? And as I'm kind of going through these statistics, and remember we did on the last episode, you know, basically. I wasn't just waving my hand going like, we're, we're heading to World War III. I was like, well, it's because of this. It's like the, the BRICS nations are going to double in size. By the way, I ended up looking more into that. It's called uh, Operation Sandman. It, oh, yeah. It does get, it can get, as most of these things do, like don't let it turn into a QAnon thing. Like, so, you know, it could be false, but very sober, very learned, you know, uh, academics and you know, people that follow geopolitics is like, no, the BRICS will double in size, and particularly um, within the context of the UAE and the in Saudi Arabia, like if they go off the petrodollar, which they have no reason to stay on the petrodollar once they join BRICS, like that will be the complete destruction of the U.S. economy, mm-hmm. the U.S. dollar, right? Because that's the only thing semi-tangible that is backing our currency at this point, ever since we went off the gold standard and stopped actually making anything and stopped making everything. So then we get into predictive programming because one of my favorite things about authoritarian psychopaths is the times that they have, we go back in hindsight like, oh, they told, like, they told us they were going to do that. And you know, Event 201, like they had Event 201 and then they just shut down the economy. Uh, dark winter, 
Crimson Contagious. Like, they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's predictive programming. We're like, you fucking dummies. We told you what we were going to do. And you, and you let us do it. Like, thank you once again. So then, remember this. Uh, I don't know. People don't know this. And I shared this with you guys this week. But I don't think a lot of people know they're actually running... PSAs in New York about nuclear fallout and what to do in, in the case of a nuclear attack. Here's the commercial. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit. Okay? So what do we do? Step one, get inside fast. And no, staying in the car is not an option. No. Step two, stay your inside. Car is way Shut less... all doors and windows. This is my favorite one. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. <laughs> if you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three. If only the people Stay in Hiroshima had had that. for more information. <laughs> like say, all right? yeah. You've got this. You've got this. We're all in this together. Exactly. Stay strong. Follow the science. If it could just save one life, yeah, I'd love the, the one-line propaganda. But my point in bringing that up is that, <clears throat> okay, first off, if you're in New York and there, and there is a nuclear attack, just do yourself a favor and walk towards the blast because exactly. <laughs> totally. I don't want to be dark, but I'm just saying die, die a hero's death and just get it over with. But I thought about the Deagle statistics and I thought about, I was watching this Marxist debate, and what I'm going to bring up is wildly unpopular, and I'm not saying that this is my take on this, but then when you look at all the stuff and then we're looking at PSAs and looking at, like, I, we're looking down the barrel at World War Three, possible, we're having PSAs about nuclear holocaust attacks, basically. And after I saw that debate, and then we also look at the Hootie and Blowfish coming out with a new album, Creed's coming out with a new album, and they just released a new fucking Beatles song. As I go, like... Let's not entirely discount that a nuclear holocaust would be completely bad. It's like, yeah, maybe no, maybe the world does need a, a a clean slate, just something to put in the background. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be the first time that our society has been reset, but you know, it's just so disappointing because we really had a good thing going. Yeah, you know, America was such a good fucking idea. You're right, but think of it as God's forest fire. So you guys, you guys, every once in a while, we got to do some house cleaning. We're just going to kind of yeah, but take out 75% it, it, of the What are the population? chances that it's going to be reset with a, a a society based on laws and reason and yeah. and not people's... I was thinking about that while you were, just, while you were saying uh, what you were saying, and then you said, if, you know, we hope that cooler heads will prevail. Check it out. Um, the idea of cooler heads prevailing right. made me think of something that I've been kind of kicking around in my head for a while now. That that whole I concept, cooler heads, basically what you're hoping is for reason to trump emotion. 
You, did, you, did you just say Trump? <laughs> Don't uh, ever say space. that word around uh, me. Safe spaces. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole concept originated in the Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. You know, which I don't mean like the enlightenment and I mean the, the idea of, uh, an age of reason. Right. Okay. The American idea that you and I always, um, claim to be the most important thing in our minds about America. It's not the geography. It's the idea that, uh, it's an idea before it's a country of liberty. Right. That, um, Personal pro- or property rights is the most important thing in in the world, especially when you take into account your your own personal <laughs> autonomy as being uh, your property. <laughs> I like how we have these like lineal kind of more academic discussions, while Jake on the screen behind us <laughs> is going down the, the most insane fucking rabbit holes. This is an interesting <laughs> diagram. There's so many things. I'm like, hold the phone. Dude. Like, what's this that I'm looking at? <laughs> All right, we'll get into it in a second. Keep it up there. Sorry. So, um, the please send that when, to me. Uh, <laughs> when, when the Enlightenment happened, it was a total. It was a major threat mm-hmm. to people in power, right? Because which, there which was the church at that time, they, or in kings, yeah. which were you know usually one and the same. Their authority was based on God giving them the authority and everyone just trusting like, well, they're, you know, it's the king. What are you going to do? God made him king. and Divine right. Yeah. And so these radicals came along and said, no, what actually matters is logic and reason. Me and my goddamn printing press. And this shit started back with like Galileo. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, he was imprisoned for using logic to try to understand the world around him and not trusting what was just being told right. to him. And you, we would like to think that, like, the Enlightenment happened and then it was over and then we're just living in the world after that. Right. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think the Enlightenment is still going on and we're still fighting that same battle. Oh, absolutely. And the people yeah. that want power, they can't hand, that It doesn't work for them to have an age of reason mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. You know, we know that every time you get into the argument and the guy that like the whack-a-mole, exactly. The yeah. guy that I was arguing with, I'm not going to argue against you with facts and, and logic. It's like, that's why that they- same battle is happening because the only way to beat it in this physical world that we live in, maybe in the afterlife, it's different, but in this physical world, the only way to beat logic and reason is to just shut that person up. Yeah. With violence, basically. Yeah. You know, Scream at them, dox them, deplatform them. Yeah, actually, physically assault them. You go ruin their, threaten them to ruin their life. Threaten this kid in the debate that he's not going to be able to go to college because you know instead of you doing the homework of actually having this debate, you're just going to hit him with fucking transgenocide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting you brought that up because this is something that's been kind of rattling around for a bit, and that is the idea when we we're all, we're we're throwing around the term statist quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about statism as religion. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to like pay off things because we, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time and then we bring it up. I was like, I, I think I'm assuming everyone knows like what we mean by that. So something that's fairly abstract and kind of esoteric as like a statist, most people don't really, they think that's just some conspiracy theory, like pejorative. I don't know. Maybe they don't know what that is. And what we talked about, we were talking about this earlier is that we're always trying to bring up things that to tell people like 
you don't realize you can't prepare for a battle that you do not know that you are engaged in. Right. And that's the kind of the, the, the greatest trick you know, the devil ever, devil ever pulled is making think, people think that he didn't exist. And it's like being at a bowling alley with a butcher knife and some guy walks in with an assault rifle. Right, except in this case, it's a war of ideas and the devil wears a suit and tie. These are our political elites that we're always talking about. And more than anything, it was as dark and as like black-pilled as things get that we bring up, as we're saying, like, no, the step one is you have to be aware that you are engaged in this ideological battle. Like, you don't even know that it's going on this, you know, the, the, the Marxist. There's a reason why in that debate, that second kid just knew, he goes, oh, here's what I got to do. Like, say the line, say the line. It's like, you've already, it's psychological warfare. It's a sap. Like, you've been conditioned through the culture around you. Like, you know what to do. You've, you're bending the knee. You might not realize it or not. But I think that we fail a lot in that we think that we're engaged in a psychological or in a, in a battle of ideas. And so we show up with our ideas, mm-hmm. but it turns out we're not. We're actually engaged in a battle of awareness of just uh, it's low blows and, and cheating right. versus ideas. Yeah. You're it, doing it's jiu- not a battle of you're ideas. You're doing jiu-jitsu and the other guy's doing dick biting. You're like, okay, <laughs> it clearly has an advantage here. I thought that was a part of jiu-jitsu. Mm, no. Is there a black belt <laughs> in the room we can defer to? <laughs> I, I think dick biting is its own art. Okay. It's the, it's the let way of uh, jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course. The art of nine limbs. <laughs> uh, so I've always felt, I, I think you and I have talked about this before, but I've always felt as human beings, no matter you know, you're cognizant of some kind of higher power or maybe you're strictly religious or wherever you land on that space, kind of belief spectrum that we always have, we all have that capacity for a higher power, right? For something larger than ourselves, right? We have a capacity for a higher power? Right. What there, do you mean? There's, there's something in our souls that know there's something bigger than ourselves out there. Gotcha. Right? And you can fill that up with whatever you want. Or I, I some people don't have that capacity, which would make you an insufferable narcissist of the higher of the highest order. You're like there's nothing bigger than myself out there. Like that's mm-hmm. it's it's there's me, there's human beings, that's that's pretty much it. And so for a guy like Sam Harris, he fills that with <laughs> just being an insufferable asshole. I don't know, what yeah. does that guy fill it up with? Well, I think that it's the uh well statism kind of fits into that mold, right? I mean Absolutely. it's it's this, uh, it's not even science because I think that he's pretty anti, he's unscientific in a lot of ways. It's an adherence to the, trying to get away from the word state, uh, just the, uh, establishment. Yeah. The power hierarchy. Yeah. Right. And that's cause that's his biggest thing that he's always talking about. It's like, we just, we have to get back to our trust in the experts. Oh my God. Okay. So we can think of this, like I did like a deep dive Atheist. On, on kind of uh, religions, and we can think of like what we know as traditional religions, which would be what? Christianity, Islam, the Druids, paganism is seen as religion. Funny as I was like going down this list and looking at all these different religions, the Branch Davidians were on that list. Hmm. And even though, you know, their fundamentalist teachings, you know, were done entirely out of the Bible, they were still described. Entirely? 
Well, they took, you know, it was based out of the Bible. Okay. Entirely out of the Bible. Now they put their own spin on things. And you could, you know, argue their execution was off. But they were described on, you know, this comprehensive list of religions as an apocalyptic suicide cult. And I'm like, suicide cult? That's an interesting revisionist way to describe the what? The murder of 30 the, women and children. 28 of them being children, two of them being pregnant women that yeah. were murdered by the ATF and the FBI. I was like, huh. I wonder if uh, in our retirement years, maybe Hillary Clinton's editing Wikipedia pages. <laughs> it's just so unusual to know so many people who died from suicide. <laughs> like a, surrounded by a suicide cult. So, but the reason why I bring up just the idea of religion, not to go through all the different religions, but is that some of the, you know, if we can verbally deny the existence of a higher power, like as I, I'm an atheist, for example, as I did the majority of my life because, like, I thought it made me edgy and punk rock, but we still have that capacity. The most of us still have that capacity in our brain. Like, there's something bigger out there. And then we point out, it's like, I think some people fill that brain with something else, not, mm-hmm. not some kind of religion, but I know people, I can, like, it's pretty much climate change is your religion. It's yeah. like everything, it's the filter, it's the prism through which you filter your entire, the world around you, and then w- how it goes into your brain. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So if climate change is your religion, is no matter what you're talking about, everything goes through this prism of like climate change. Like yeah. Human beings are, you know, there's too many of us, we're destroying the earth, and everything, all the information I take in goes through that filter, and the way that I view my perspective on the natural world around me goes out through that same filter. Yeah, I wonder, do you think it's just a coincidence that the biggest atheists are also, I'm thinking of, like, uh, Bill Maher, mm-hmm. are also the biggest uh, alarmists about climate change? It seems to me like a really great way to get people um, to adhere to your uh, uh, secular religion would be to get them off of their original religion so that they're, they have that a void that can be filled with a secular religion like climate change or right. like yeah. whatever, trans rights. It's a or, capacity in your brain. And if yeah. you fill that up with God or Jehovah or Muhammad or wherever it is, then therefore you can't fit in that other religion that we're trying to give to you, which is mm-hmm. climate change or statism. Mm-hmm. Like a, a blind fundamentalist devotion to the state. To the, when we say the state, we mean what? Mm-hmm. The, the top of the power hierarchy. Yeah, the, 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 gulags were, the gulags were full of priests. Right. Yeah. Was, There's you, a reason for that. You cannot have uh, religion and communism. I the started same. the gulag archipelago all over again. Really? I'm on volume one. It's it's so good. It's so good. It's terrifying. It's beautiful, though. Same <laughs> yeah. time. Yep. So... When we choose to, oh, dude, I also, uh, you know, Scientology? Yeah. And it came from L. Ron Hubbard mm-hmm. and Dianetics. Dianetics was originally, in 1950, it was basically a, uh, this is kind of funny, because I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a screed for like, in the end, y'all need to get right with God. That's what I'm getting at. It's like, I'm not saying that. I'm drawing parallels between religious fundamentalism and the, the religious fun, uh, devotion to the state. I'm saying there's, there's, some metaphors there, not metaphors, but direct parallels, right? Scientology, Dianetics, L. Ron Hubbard writes Dianetics. It's originally like a self-help therapy. Mm-hmm. He loses the publishing rights to the book through whatever reason, goes bankrupt, repackages it up as a religion, and fucking makes all his money back. 
And that's really? why we have all these like Scientologists now. Oh, it's so weird. It's, you know, it's you know he, he published like more books than any other American author. Really? Something like that. I didn't know that. Double check me on that, Jake. Hubbard? Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard. I bet you Judy Bloom has the edge. Uh, Are you there, guys? It's me and Margaret. I know. I'm tying it back in religion. <laughs> <laughs> so think think of this when we talk about statism as religion. Think about the ideas of like dogma, mantras, doctrine, you know, false idols, sacrament, ritual, propaganda, the concept of blasphemy. Um all the components that we know to make up religion, particularly think of this when I say, talked about the notion of someone creating that prism through which they view all everything around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, we're going to see. So statism. Definition would be the political doctrine that the political authority of the state is legitimate to some degree. This includes policy, social policy, taxation, means of production, etc. And... Wait, that you believe that the political doctrine of the state is legitimate to some degree? Mm-hmm. It's a pretty gray area kind of definition. But I would, yeah, I would say a statist is the some degree part, I guess I would take. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I would agree with yeah. you too. Mo, mo, heavily um, agree <laughs> with the <laughs> legitimacy of the state. So let's think of what are some, what are some like political systems as we know it? Because on what, so... Let's go all the way to one end. I'm not going to say left or right because they're loaded terms. But we go to one end, you have anarchism, right? Just no gods, no masters, or you know, could be God, but like no, no, there's no power structure, right? Now people, I'm not going to do a deep dive on anarchism, but people think that uh, that just means absolute chaos, like a complete mm-hmm. free for all. It's like, no, no, you have, you know, basically codified norms of decent behavior, that people follow, and if they don't, they're ostracized. They get fucking shot. <laughs> they get fucking shot. They get thrown yeah. in a wood chipper. <laughs> yes. It's not complete chaos. And then after anarchism, yeah, what? Minarchism, right? Okay. So some kind of like bare bones, like barely observable form of a power structure. Uh, I guess the example would be it's there to protect its citizens, which I'm using my finger quotes there from, you know, theft, aggression, right. and yeah, foreign yeah. invasion. That's it. You have a police and a military. Right. And in the middle, we have some form of functioning representative democracy, maybe. Which would be like what our founding fathers... What the country's supposed established. to be. Established. Yeah. yeah. And then as you go farther down, obviously we have you know, socialism, we get to communism. And on, the, on the other end, opposite of anarchism this would be what? Totalitarianism. It's complete state control of everything, which is a degree above communism, which I'm not going to get into the... <laughs> you can get so far out in the weeds and... The, and yeah, the minutia is a little <laughs> yeah, boring. This stuff. So I'm guessing most people, to some degree of accuracy, can probably guess where we land on that spectrum. We might even differ personally mm-hmm. you know, on that, but you know, we're pretty far down, toward, way down towards anarchism, mm-hmm. like more or less. And then... But if you're a first-time listener or <laughs> welcome, <laughs> or you're not clear on that, I'm going to quote the great Hans Hermann Hoppe because I agree with him on this one. States are gangs of murderers, plunderers, and thieves surrounded by willing executioners, propagandists, sycophants, crooks, liars, clowns, charlatans, dupes, and useful idiots. The state is an institution that dirties and taints everything it touches. Amen. So... Let's continue our fair and balanced, unbiased approach to the nation. 
<laughs> so let's let's think about some of the tenets of religion. So let's, let's talk about ritual and indoctrination. Have you guys ever been to a Catholic church? Yeah. Okay. Jake? Probably once. Yeah. Uh, ritual and indoctrination in spades. Stand, sit, kneel, repeat the phrase. Sit, kneel, repeat the phrase. Yeah. Right? And this is where I get to, and I'm not poking fun at Catholics. My family's Catholic. I grew up going to, you know, sparsely attended <laughs> Catholic church. I'm uh, lucky that my parents didn't make me go. But I'm pretty familiar with the way it works. And this is where I get to do one of my favorite things, which is simultaneously upset both the left and the right at the same time. <laughs> ah, the liberation of not being on a team. <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing. I'm guessing they no longer do this because probably some overeducated suburbanite white woman found it problematic. But do you remember going to elementary school? Yeah. What's the first thing we did every morning? Pledge of allegiance. Pledge of allegiance. We're pe- pledging our allegiance to, to the, the state. state. Yep. That is not indoctrination. I don't know what is. Yeah. We like to look down our nose at, you know, communist China, right? And, you know, that, that they're forced to have this devotion to the state. It's like we spent our entire childhood. We could all three say the Pledge of Allegiance off the, t- off the top of our head when we haven't. It was drilled into our minds. Yeah, we did a whole episode on the Pledge of Allegiance. We did? Yeah. Yeah, it was written by Francis Bellamy, the defrocked uh, socialist minister. Oh, that's right. Who was defrocked for claiming that Jesus was a socialist. And the that episode, um, I think it, we, we called it something like uh, the, the Achilles heel, um, the God Achilles heel of, the, of conservatives. Mm-hmm. There's such a tendency for conservatives to um, embrace the Pledge of Allegiance mm-hmm. because what's been taken away from all of us is the idea of America. And the Pledge of Allegiance represents America so strongly to most people that they would they want kids to say the Pledge of Allegiance without actually looking into what the Pledge of Allegiance is all about. And the Pledge of Allegiance says, one nation under God, indivisible. And that line right there to me is that's why that's why liberals will reject it because it has the word God in it. Mm-hmm. That's why conservatives embrace it because it has the word God in it. But it it gives this idea that you are pledging to an indivisible state, meaning the state cannot be divided. It cannot be destroyed. It will always be there, and you're pledging allegiance to the state. That one section of it right there, I think, is the crux of the whole yeah. matter. I'm glad you brought that up because this is where people to point out, like, oh, you you you. You have a problem with the Pledge of Allegiance, but you claim to love America? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I talked, uh, we referenced, remember that Instagram video? This guy had this sick gotcha moment. Like, oh, he's like trying to pull one over on, I don't know, I guess in his mind what were libertarians? I have no idea. No, it was conservatives. Conservatives, yeah. yeah. It's like, you claim to love America, but you hate our government. You're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're in agreement there. And the fact that you don't find that statement ironic is the epitome of status it's thinking. It means that you've been completely brainwashed into thinking that what America is is the state. Yeah. And what we think America is is this idea of that came from the Enlightenment. Yeah. That it's a nation of uh, of laws, not of men. That you know, the that reason should prevail. It's it's so 
it's almost comical that you have to like point out that nuance of, of telling people like, you know, I'm capable of making the distinction between the ideals from the founding fathers, the ideals of like freedom and liberty, and looking at a group of political elites making $220,000 a year, yet they're somehow worth $200 million a year. And me going, well, they're like, our servants, like, Matt. They're our, they're our servants. They, they are you don't s- think they should be paid well? Come and on. these servants who vote us into mass murder campaigns on the other side of the world, and then right before they vote for that, they buy a bunch of stock in the companies that are Raytheon and the Blackhawks. Wouldn't you? Know, you? I mean, what are they supposed to yeah. do? It's like they're that, servants. They have to make the their money. That I'm fi- the, 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 the point being, the fact that I'm pointing out that, like, that's, I have a problem with this. That doesn't mean that I hate America. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see those two things as the same package. You know, I'm, Fucking weird like that. Yeah. How, it, how anti-patriotic. Hey, there's so many examples. Cause like, just because, you know, I have a problem of pointing that, that, you know, at the issues that I have with the, the, the power structure, you know, the state, as we call it, you know, when I say, you know, when a bunch of parents go to the school board meeting, cause they have issue of what their kids being taught in the public school and the FBI puts them on a terror watch list and labels them as domestic terrorist. That doesn't mean I think we should burn the Constitution down. Those are two, two different things, right? One is a set of ideals. And this is like, I, I want to make this delineation, is we have the actual power structure, what we call the state, and then we have the ideals of America. Those are two completely different things. And I think if you are a statist at your core, you don't understand that, the chasm between those two things. Would you not agree? I 100% agree. And I think, again, reason and logic are enemies to the state since they are... Any power structure is going to struggle against people being logical and reasonable because the only way to go from a limited government that was set up or, let's say, to the extreme, an anarchist, an anarcho-capitalist state, mm-hmm. um, to grow that into a government, you have to be able to justify stealing money from people, which is very illogical. Mm-hmm. That really doesn't stand up to anyone's test of what is freedom. So the only way to get there is by like shutting people down, ignoring logic, ignoring reason, and just you know steadily moving into this totally unrational uh, place. You brought, and you have to have a religion to do that. The only you, know, you need a religion to get people to this. You're subscribed you to that. Completely made the point of me bringing all this up. What is it's fundamentalist thinking. It's like it doesn't. This is the belief system. I don't. I don't need to do the math or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm. I'm a servant of God, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm a servant. You know, Muhammad. You know, Islam. Whatever it is. Are you? No. Is that new? Oh, okay. No. The, the blackface throw you off. Yeah, I, yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering why your wife was still wearing that. <laughs> dressed in that peacekeeper <laughs> outfit. Ski mask. Um, this is how people approach the, the notion of statism. And it's like when you try to explain, like, let's, let's really break down our tax structure. Like, does this make sense to you? And I go, like, it, do, it doesn't have to make sense. Like, that's what the power structure needs to survive. Actually not, because they're, what, 30, what are we, $33 trillion in debt at this point? So... You just—I'm trying to get people to just think of this like in a kind of dude. Different that's way. such a great. Sorry, but that yeah. is such a good point. Like paying taxes is not about funding the government. No, it's about you knowing your place. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it absolutely is. And if you are a religious fundamentalist, you don't have a problem. 
These are people like I. I have. He's like I look forward to paying my taxes. I don't mind paying my taxes. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, it's because. Well, you hear people say it all the it's, time. It's like doctrine. I'm an honest, hardworking taxpayer. What about the roads and the schools? Yeah. I'm. I pay my taxes. I don't know why. Why do I have to deal with this stuff? <laughs> That's like the, the the virtue signal that you're a good American. So so think about some of the other things, though, because think about for those of us not cursed with the collectivist wiring, you know, those of us who don't have fear of deviant thinking and those of us who have fully cut out the warm blanket of normative conformity. It's like we I like to ask these questions. I like when I say fuckery, you know, I want to look into it. I want to learn more is this is where you get the pushback. So think of like smaller things, right? Think about <clears throat> uh, explaining to someone free driving. And I've had instances where someone gets like upset. Have you? Oh, yeah. What do they say? Like what's their argument against free driving? Well, you're just going to uh, crash into and kill whoever you want. Like, like, <laughs> like yes. run people off the road. What's, what's to stop you from just from people just plowing yeah. into, into each other at a four-way stop? You're like... I don't self-preservation. Everyone wanting to get home safely to their family. Like I, I am confident in my own intellectual skills to navigate this situation. That I can, I know what to do here, and I'm going to assume that other people do too. I don't need some mommy daddy government like making these rules. And then, and then people go like, "Well, you're just driving like an asshole all the time," which one of the main tenets of free driving is. Yeah, never inconvenience anyone. You don't do anything that would ever inconvenience someone else. But if you have that collectivist wiring, that makes no sense to you. They're just like, all I know is like you're committing blasphemy, mm-hmm. right? You're going against my fundamentalist beliefs. Like, cause, because if you can make your own decisions, you'd be left up in your own devices to make your own decisions of like how to get home safely, then why do we even need this government at all? And that's when you people start getting their like wires crossed. Same thing with conspiracy theories, right? Mm-hmm. People get upset of just based on on the notion that you look into conspiracy theories, which turn out to be true. <laughs> a lot Spoiler. of Spoiler. <laughs> but why is that? Why is that? Why is it that people, why get, do people upset get upset about just you? the existence of a conspiracy theory, which happens all the time? It's you tugging on that warm blanket of conformity mm-hmm. and asking them, dude, try out my ice bath of free driving. You, It sucks, but you'll like it. <laughs> and then to go back to China, like we look to look down our nose at China and their state-run media, and you go, right? What's up with that Hunter Biden laptop again? Like that's Russian in- disinformation, right? So why is he trying to sue the guy that brought it to the FBI for invading his privacy? <laughs> I want my laptop back. <laughs> what? Sorry, what was that? I want that laptop. <laughs> I want that random. That wasn't mine. I want Putin's laptop <laughs> back. <laughs> it's people get upset because in your mind you're challenging, you know, their fundamentalist beliefs of collectivism. Like that's their god. That statism is their religion. So, just to try to put a, I just, I don't know, this is not as dark as you said it was going to be. Um, we are facing the, uh, I did start out the episode saying we're all going to die. <laughs> I was just going to say we are facing the total destruction and devastation of the world as we know it right now with world war three, right around the corner. I don't get it. Like I get so many messages on Instagram and other places about like 
how stupid Hamas they need to pay or stuff like that. Or look how these poor Israelis are being treated. And I just don't, no one else seems to really like see the imminent threat of World War Three just looming. Like yeah. clearly to me, and I think to you, yeah. that this is all being done on purpose. Yeah. Right? You said something earlier about um, standing down. Uh, why? In, I can't remember the exact situation, but it the, made me the think. The fireman in Hawaii. Okay, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The fireman in Hawaii had to stand down. And then I thought, man, the, the cops in Uvalde stood down. Or the IDF in Israel. The IDF in Israel stood down. I mean, it would be an interesting. Seven hours. It would be an interesting article for someone to write about all the times when the authorities that are from the state that are supposed to be protecting us yeah. were told to stand down by, I don't know who told them. That would be really interesting to know, yeah. right? But all these uh, protective forces were told to stand down and all these terrible things happen. Why? Why seven hours for the most heavily defended border in the world to be, you know, unguarded? You know, this stuff is happening on purpose. They're really trying to, and we've talked about it all the reasons before, they're trying to create this terrible event in our world. They're trying to make Deagle come true. And if it can be prevented, it'll happen with people like us standing up and uh, just resisting what's going on. I think that we actually have a chance. I hope, actually, I don't know if we do or not, but we have no other choice. We may or may not, but that's irrelevant. It is irrelevant. Act as if you do. We have no choice but to try and stop this from happening. So I don't know, figure it out in your own life, how you're going to do that. But this, stop sending me Instagram images (laughs) of the poor Israelis and how they're being treated and start thinking in the 4D chess way of what's actually going on out there. Amen. And a woman. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus, fucking bigot. When I stay in the shoes and I will hold the scene, then a whole red maybe get to call a boss dying. Chains and my happy key to call, baby, so stay yet with Joe. When I stay in the shoes and I will hold the scene, then a whole red maybe get to call a boss dying. Girls.